Hello, my name is John Donahue and welcome to the Bite Size Weight Loss Podcast with Human Design. As always, the aim of the podcast is to give you bite-sized tips, strategies and insights to help you with master the game of healthy weight loss without giving up your life in the process. And today I want to talk about a study that came out recently and it talked about uh, is time-restricted eating more effective than calorie counting for weight loss? And I want to talk about this because time-restricted eating is actually a very good approach for weight loss. And remember, there's a million routes to the same destination, as I always say. So you can lose weight in a variety of ways. And this could be a good method for you if you're someone who struggles with the idea of calorie restriction or, you know, having to change what you eat, which can be what you eat, because that can be really difficult. So this study was conducted over a year in the University of Illinois, Chicago, from January 21 to September 2022. So it's a really recent study. And so I'm going to cover this here. And apologies if I use some jargon in it. I'll try to explain it because researchers and academic publishers, God, when they write these things, they're really hard to understand. And it takes me ages to go through it and kind of summarize it. So I'll summarize it as best I can. And also, they're not really written for um, people out, uh, or in the general public. They sh- I think they should do a better job of presenting the information, to be honest, because some of this stuff is really important. And it's the highest level and quality of research which can help make you make better decisions rather than listening to some diehard zealot online. So in this, in this year-long randomized control study, it's called Time-Restricted Eating Was as effective as intentional calorie restriction for weight loss, even though the participants in the time-restricted eating group weren't specifically told to reduce their calorie intake. So let's let's go through this. So what was studied? So basically, the effectiveness of time-restricted eating, or we'll call it TRE, just so it's easier for me to say throughout this, so time-restricted eating is TRE, the effectiveness of TRE without calorie counting on weight loss and cardiometabolic risk factors in adults with obesity. So that's what was studied. The primary outcome was body weight, but the pre-specified secondary outcomes that they wanted to test included changes in fat mass, muscle mass, belly fat, you know, fat that surrounds your organs, bone density, blood pressure, heart rate, total cholesterol, uh, blood fats, fasting, blood glucose, things like that. And HOMA-IR, which is a measure of insulin resistance. So all that was the secondary outcome. So who was studied? Well, they studied a racially diverse group of 90 adults with obesity with an average age of 44. So in middle age, 82% women, 18% men, comprising uh, black, Asian, Hispanic, and white. That's the terms the researchers used. So how was it studied? So in this 12-month randomized controlled trial, participants were assigned to one of the following groups. Number one, time-restricted eating, so TRE. Number two, calorie restriction only. That was uh, defined as CR or a control group. In other words, there was no dietary intervention. And that's one of the strengths of a randomized control trial. You compare different groups so you can see if your intervention actually has an effect or not so you can draw a stronger conclusion. So basically, randomized control trials or RCTs, they're kind of like the gold standard for determining whether an intervention actually causes any effects and the use of randomization and control groups, it can, it helps eliminate the effects of factors other than the treatment being studied. So this is important because in research, we have what's called a hierarchy of research. And this hierarchy allows us to understand the strength of the evidence being presented to us. And you might see 
you know, something in a magazine, a fitness magazine, where studies show that eating 10 almonds did this for fat loss. And the study could have been on 55-year-old postmenopausal women and you're like a 30-year-old bloke or a 30-year-old woman who hasn't had kids yet, you know. So it's, it's just a stronger type of evidence. So there's several levels to the hierarchy of evidence and RCTs are the second strongest level of evidence. Things like opinions, observational research, animal research, etc., is kind of lower down the hierarchy. So if you see a big media headline with a study, you should actually ask them what or go and look at the study. And if you don't understand it, reach out to somebody who does. You can even message me, and and because some people just throw in a study, and it actually had different conclusions to what the media was presenting. Yes, this actually does happen. So an RCT has an increased ability to draw what's called causative conclusions from a piece of research, and then the risk of bias is lower. So but we always have to remember, it's just one study, and no one study is better than the whole body of evidence. But this was a cool study. So the time-restricted eating group, the TRE group, were instructed to eat all of their daily meals within an eight-hour window between noon and 8 p.m. I think that's a really good time for time-restricted eating, by the way. But they weren't given instructions to count calories. The calorie restriction group, the CR group, was instructed to reduce their calorie intake by 25% uh, per day below their estimated calorie requirements for weight maintenance. So they worked out what their weight maintenance was, how many calories they needed to maintain their weight, and they took 25% off that per day to get them in their calorie deficit. And then the third group, the control group, they were instructed to maintain their usual diet, which included an eating window of 10 hours or more each day without calorie counting. The first six months of the study served as a weight loss phase, and then the second six months served as a weight maintenance phase, during which the participants in the TRE group extended their eating window to 10 hours per day, and the calorie-restricted group consumed 100% of their estimated calorie needs each day. So what were the results? Well, compared to the control group, remember the control group is the group that didn't do any intervention. They didn't calorie-restrict, they didn't do time-restricted eating. Compared to the control group, the TRE group lost 4.6 kilos, or 10 pounds, uh, over the 12 months, and the calorie restriction group lost about 5.4 kilos, or 11.9 pounds. The time-restricted eating and the calorie restriction both reduced fat mass by roughly 2.8 kilos and 3.2 kilos, respectively, and then they both reduced their waist circumference by 2 inches and 1 inches, and both of them reduced their BMI by 1.7 and 2.0 compared to the control group. Interestingly, the time-restricted eating but not the calorie-restricted group, improved insulin sensitivity compared to the control group. Now, what does that mean? So insulin is a hormone with lots of functions in the body, and you've probably heard it because there's low-carb uh, gurus out there. But it's it especially helps to regulate your blood sugar. So when you eat uh, a meal and things get converted to blood sugar, your insulin comes along, transports it out of the blood, into the muscle, into cells to be used. If you have insulin resistance, your cells have a blunted response to insulin, particularly in muscle and liver and fat tissue. So that's dangerous because you have too much blood sugar circulating around your body, which causes inflammation, which could cause issues down the line. And insulin sensitivity is how responsive your cells are to the effect of insulin. So higher sensitivity is usually better. So the, the time-restricted eating group improved insulin sensitivity compared to the control group and the calorie restriction group. So that was interesting. None of the other outcomes were really different between the groups. Remember all the cholesterol, the fat mass, the belly fat mass. So the time-restricted eating group reduced their calorie intake by roughly 425 calories per day, and the calorie-restricted groups reduced their calorie intake by an average of 405 calories per day. So the big picture is time-restricted eating is kind of like a variant of the popular intermittent fasting eating strategy. 
Um, so time-restricted eating, it's kind of like a dietary process that involves limiting your eating window, most often to a period of four to eight hours per day, depending on which one you do. So there you go. Even within time-restricted eating, you have multiple ways of doing this. That just goes to prove that nobody really knows what the best way is. Um, and then the remainder of the day is spent fasting or consuming calorie-free drinks like water, coffee, tea, and diet soda. So there's not there's only been a few studies that have compared the effects of time-restricted eating to traditional dietary restriction, calorie restriction. Um, a few of these studies were as follows. In a year-long study in adults with obesity that compared an eight-hour time-restricted eating window plus uh, calorie-restricted intervention to a calorie-restriction-only intervention, both diets led to similar weight loss. Eight kilograms for the TRE group, 6.3 kilograms for the CR only group. Both diets consisted of roughly 15 to 1800 calories a day for men and 12 to 1500 calories a day for women. So that's that's in a year-long study when they compare both of these. So again, the results were quite similar. In an eight-week randomized control study in adults with obesity, it also found similar reductions in weight when comparing time-restricted eating, a 10-hour eating window between 10 a.m. and 8 p.m., to calorie restriction without time-restricted eating. So again, similar results. The results showed that the time-restricted eating led to an 8.5% reduction in body weight, while the calorie restriction without time-restricted eating resulted in a 7.1% reduction in body weight compared to baseline. So again, in this study, time-restricted eating reduced fasting blood glucose by 7.6 milligrams. So you know, there wasn't really improvements in the calorie-restricted group only. So I'd love to know what they actually ate as well. I wish they had laid that out in the study. And then finally, a 39-week study comparing early time-restricted eating, basically beginning within three hours of waking up, uh, to a calorie restriction only, approximately 35% calorie restriction. They found no differences between the groups for weight loss, which is roughly 4.9 kilos in the TRE group and 4.3 kilos in the calorie restriction only group. So basically, taken together... These studies showed in the context of a calorie-restricted diet, the addition of time-restricted eating doesn't have an additional benefit on weight loss or other cardiometabolic risk factors, at least when compared to traditional calorie restriction. So the amount, researchers say, the amount of calories in appears to matter more than when those calories are coming in. But the main attraction of time-restricted eating versus traditional calorie restriction seems to be adherence people's ability to stick to it it's a tre is a much simpler way to reduce your daily calorie intake and might therefore actually be a better way to maintain weight loss over time because remember most diets fail in the long run but you know why is long-term weight loss or weight loss maintenance so difficult and and could time-restricted eating provide a good solution that's what the, the um the study the researchers wanted to show as well well Weight loss, long-term weight loss is really hard because, because of our modern, first of all, because of our modern food environment. Our modern food environment is characterized by an oversupply of ultra-processed foods. They're abundant everywhere and it seems to encourage overconsumption. Now, when it comes down to weight loss, you and I could eat the same amount of calories and if we're in a deficit, we both lose weight. But I might eat, say, 1,800 calories of really healthy, filling foods, whereas you might eat 1,800 calories of ultra-processed foods. And yes, you can lose weight, but it's much harder to manage your appetite. It's much, mine is probably much better for health. And it's much harder to stop cravings when you eat ultra-processed foods. So ultra-processed foods seem to encourage overconsumption. 
And then when you have this environment paired with modern conveniences that make our exercise really difficult and sedentary activity the norm, weight management can be a really, really challenging endeavor. Okay, that's why people really, really struggle. Our modern environment is not helping us. And I've, I've talked about this in previous podcasts about ontological design where, you know, you have to design your environment to help you, not the other way around. The second reason diets fail normal is they're really hard to stick to. One of the main reasons why people don't maintain calorie restriction is that counting calories and actually reducing your food intake can be really burdensome. Not to mention difficult, it can be inaccurate, especially in a modern environment. So time-restricted eating can actually almost remedy the difficulties of counting calories by providing a really easy alternative of just watching the clock. And like I said at the start of the podcast, some people like being told when to eat rather than what to eat. Indeed, studies show when people limit their daily eating window to four to eight hours per day, they tend to unintentionally reduce their calories by about 350 to 500 per day. So just by you shortening your eating window, say from 12 midday to 8 p.m., um, you could unintentionally reduce your calories by 300 to 500 per day without even trying. So when there's less time to eat, it seems that calorie intake drops. The good news, which is suggested by this and other studies, is that the feeding window doesn't have to be dramatically restricted. Going from 10 to 12 hours to 8 hours of eating per day seems to be effective, okay? So you don't have to make it 4 hours. In fact, 8 hours seems to result in a similar reduction in calorie intake, about 500 calories a day compared to uh, the same as four hour or six hours time restricted eating. So I, if I was going to do it, I'd, I would do at least an eight to 10 hour eating window. I think four to six is really difficult. That means you're not eating for 18 to 20 hours a day if you did four to six hours. Um, and improved adherence may be one of the uh, key distinctive features of time restricted eating compared to calorie restriction because it's simpler it's a more flexible dietary intervention that allows people to kind of maintain their usual uh, dietary patterns or foods within their eating window. And it only requires you to track when and for how long rather than how much you're eating. So if you can kind of get away with your favorite foods and, and then you shorten your eating window and you unintentionally reduce your calories, that's a win-win. If you're someone who's really busy, maybe you're a lawyer who's in court all day, maybe you're a surgeon, maybe you're somebody who's on shifts at work, you're a nurse or whatever, or you're a teacher, you're on your feet for long hours, or you're in retail, this can really, really help. And, you know, researchers hypothesize, I love the way they use these fancy words, um, they say that to reduce the cognitive effort of dieting and increase adherence and dietary satisfaction, time-restricted eating can really help. So it, it reduces the level of thinking required, the level of cognitive effort. And also in studies, Adherence to various forms of time-restricted eating has been reported to be around 63 to 100%. That's really high, albeit it's over shorter time periods, usually 4 to 24 weeks. And while few studies have compared time-restricted eating and calorie restriction in terms of their adherence rates, in the current study I talked about there, participants in the time-restricted eating group reported adhering to the eating window 87% of the time over the 12-month study. That's huge compared to only 61% of participants in the calorie-restricted group who reported adhering to their calorie goal. That is massive. 80% of the time, they stuck to the, the, the eating window over 12 months. That's huge. So overall, uh, the researchers say, though biopsychosocial models and participant subjective reports indicate that time-restricted eating could be more sustainable in the long term, 
future trials directly comparing adherence between calorie restriction and time restricting are needed. So they're going to do more studies in this. But the cool thing about this study is it's important for a few reasons. Number one, it included a racially diverse population, which increases the generalizability of the results compared to previously published fasting studies. And that's really cool because you can see it across populations. Secondly, the time-restricted eating window strategically placed between noon and 8 p.m. seems to align much better with what people actually do in daily life. Previous time-restricted eating studies were kind of could be criticized because they used an eating window that ends too early, for example, 4 p.m. And that really, that would place barriers on, a, on, on your ability to participate in social and family gatherings around the food. You know, Imagine you do a time-restricted eating that says you can only eat between 12 p.m. and 4 p.m. But what if you want to go out for dinner with friends or you want to meet your kids for dinner? You want to have a family dinner around the table? You have to think about all these social things when it comes to dieting and weight loss. You can't just say, I'm going to lose weight and give up your life. You have to plan your diet around your life, not your life around your diet, okay? So thirdly, calorie counting wasn't explicitly encouraged for the time-restricted eating group. And they weren't given instructions on the amount and types of food they eat. So they unintentionally, like I said earlier, reduced their calories without even being told they count calories or eat a certain amount or type of food. So all above all of these factors that I talked about really, really improve the applicability of this intervention for people who are trying to lose weight. And for people like me, you're guiding them how to do so. So it's a really valid strategy. It can really help. So ultimately, if weight loss is going to be sustainable, the intervention used to achieve it also needs to be sustainable. So if you're going to pick a method, try and pick a method you can do most of the time. Yes, you'll have slip-ups with every method. But if time-restricted eating works, by all means, go for it. So time-restricted eating may not be better than traditional calorie restriction for weight loss. And Remember, the results were similar. But some people will find it a really worthwhile alternative to conventional dieting in terms of its feasibility uh, it's convenience, it's ease of use, especially if it proves to have long-term sustainability. So there you go. Time-restricted eating, calorie restriction, similar weight loss results, but the adherence for the time-restricted eating seemed to be a lot better. So it, it is definitely something worth thinking about. All right, that only took 18 minutes to go through that study. I'm sorry if there was some technical terms, but remember, this is a podcast. You can listen to it as many times as you want. But if you did take the time to listen today, thanks so much. I hope you got some from the podcast. And as I always say, take what's useful, discard the rest. But I hope you can see, like always, that when you see somebody on the internet or you read something, they say, this is the only way, this is the superior method. There is no one superior method. Studies are coming out all the time saying that basically people can do a variety of methods for weight loss. But the number one rule is your ability to stick to the plan the ease of the plan and how it fits in with your lifestyle. All right. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon with another podcast.